It is Monday. RawMikeRichards.com. Broadcasting live from the DKI studios in downtown Toronto, 234 King Street East, out of the Pacific Junction Hotel. Coming up today, we talk a little more World Cup with Ian O'Callaghan. A very Irish man who won't have a chance to talk about Irish football. We do have a little Ireland, though. A little Ireland, though. You should get a load of the first time U2 was ever on television. I, I don't think I've ever seen The Edge with hair. Also, the LeBron talk, obviously going to be pretty strong. Not only where do you think he will go, where can he go? What makes the most sense? We'll talk about that this morning. Also, the Game Football League will get ready for their real season. Johnny Manziel had some time in Montreal. But what about all the other teams? And of course, maybe not surprisingly, we've got a clip of uh, Robert De Niro as it was the Tony Awards. Something normally I would suggest maybe 99.9% of our audience would never watch. As I did not. Do we have a big theater audience, do we? This, uh, so I would assume that you do need, wouldn't even know what was uh, nominated. But this has nothing to do with nominations, but apparently does have a winner. Also, baseball continues. Otani, we'll talk about him a little bit in his, right now, inability to play. Granderson uh, had a, a good good day, but uh, for a team that probably isn't uh, going anywhere. Let's get to, uh, I guess what is uh, making news right now is uh, always about Donald Trump. I mean, it just doesn't really matter. Regardless, Dave, I think you can watch the Weather Channel and someone's going to have something to say about Donald Trump. Do you like it or do you tire of it? No, I'm very tired of it. I am too. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of anything. Uh, America is tired of it. Uh, Actors are tired of it. Uh, Pets and animals alike are tired of it. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's way too much. Like the term couldn't come to an end fast enough. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. And the thing is, sometimes it's not even, you know, it doesn't seem to be relevant in your life. Now, if you're in Canada, after the G7, there's obviously a lot that's relevant. And when it comes to these tariffs... You know, all of a sudden, because we just, you know, it's it's hard. There's not that far separation. Dave, we just had a a, a new premier uh, elected, yep. Doug Ford. A big part of uh, Ontario's industry, obviously, is the auto industry, therefore tied to the steel industry. So within probably hours of him winning that election, now he's got to deal with this. Then you hear him pounding on Trudeau, although I knew that was coming. <laughs> like, we, we knew he'd get ragged all. But quite frankly... In this circumstance, it's more about Trump bullying people uh, again. I get it, business. That's how he made his billions. But I think people are just really tired of the process. I honestly thought, this is just my take, Dave, that once he got in, he's still Trump, but I wouldn't expect him to act the same way when he was just the apprentice guy, when he was just the businessman, when he was just the mogul. I thought that the tweets, someone in the organization, uh, that is the White House, whether it's the press secretary or whoever would say, you know, you can't just tweet whatever you think what's on your mind as the president. And it hasn't changed, Dave. You'd think, yeah, exactly. Like I like his shows and stuff like that. I I I wasn't religious to it watching it. I thought it was okay. He was somewhat entertaining at times. 
now he's just a piece of crap. Like, like, and he's been a piece of crap for what a year and a half now. He's been in power. It just, it just one story. Like, I, I cannot wait for the next U.S. election. That, that hopefully somebody and and people start to vote or do what they have to do to not make this happen for four more years. Okay, so let's put it in language we understand. Gambling language. Yeah. And we'll have to start with one that's obvious, already obvious because there's been a winner. Donald Trump's the betting favorite on sportsinteraction.com to win the next election. He is? Yes, he is. Okay, so let's take it this way. Over, under. Over being he, they would win, under they're going to lose. So if I'm looking at the current government in Ontario when it was coming to it. Yep. Over under that the the that win would be replaced even before the election started. What which way would you bet? Kathleen Wynne lost her seat about a or lost the party status about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, over you're, you're taking the over that she'd yeah. be replaced easily. Yeah. Uh, Solid it, bet. It would be like a it, it'd be a a one oh one. Yeah. On, it'd be like uh, do I have to? I guess I'll throw it in there to add a couple cents to the pile. I right? think the one they like doing is that. What is it? Point one one zero or or whatever yes. that, that horrible one is. That is. What about the Canadian election? Trudeau over under. Under he wins. Over he loses. There's a change. Over he loses. Over he change. loses. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, Andrew Shear will be the next prime minister yes. of uh, Canada. I agree. So there's another over. <clears throat> uh, Alberta will have a uh, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, so even like, more so. so, so more that so. number's even worse. It stuns me to this day because Alberta's the greatest, if not the second greatest province in the history of Canada, next to Manitoba or very close to it. I love Alberta, and I can't believe the mistake you idiots made. You know, no one. If you talk to anyone, any of our friends in Calgary, go, well, no. who'd you vote for? I, ne- I never did. I know. Well, someone did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it wasn't me. No, exactly. Don't don't ask me. Well, someone get, did. I don't get that. But yeah, it's like that's that's going to be a market correction in no time. Okay, so three overs saying that. So three changes of government. So the U.S. election for you. Yeah, 20, it, 2020 U.S. election. I got them in front of me. All right. Let's okay. Let's hear it because. Uh, Let's, uh, now this is also in 2018, so we don't really know who the republic, uh, who the who the Democrat uh, that will, will will get a, a nomination, right? So it's kind of, you know, because Trump is paying a 275 to win it. Okay, so what else? So do they have other names on the list? Yep. No, they got Bernie Sanders coming in at nine, Kamala Harris coming at 11 to one, Mike Pence, who he will never be a president of anything. He can be the president of. Uh, a parking ticket manufacturer. Uh, Joe Biden comes in at 15 to 1. That would be interesting if he re-enters politics and runs for the presidency. Uh, Elizabeth Warren at 17. Uh, I don't know who Cory Booker is, but he's at 20. Yeah, see, a lot of these people I wouldn't even know. I know I don't yeah. know. Them. And then they have they have Oprah in there at 29, Michelle Obama at 34. Uh, so now, then it becomes a popularity contest yeah, once you get into those numbers. Yeah, quite like I'm, I'm just looking. Oh, there's The Rock at 50 to 1. The Rock. Ooh, The Rock. Yeah. I'd love to see The Rock as president. <laughs> He'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's the shit. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is coming in at 66 to 1. Mark Zuckerberg? I don't get that either. The Facebook guy? Yep. Uh, Teddy Cruz, line Teddy Cruz at 80 to 1. Why did I say that? Mark Cuban, George Clooney's on this list. <laughs> Uh, Jed Bush, for some reason, he couldn't lead a pack of hungry dogs to meet, but apparently he's 100 to 1 to win the election. And behind Oprah, how's that feel? Yeah, and uh, Chelsea Clinton rounds out the list at 100 to 1. (laughs) That's ridiculous. 2020 election, friends. Cross your fingers. I am surprised. See, because I still would take the over. Because of all those places I just mentioned, I would have assumed that every single place wants change. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's why I say that. That's why I put in uh, Justin in that, in that but, category. But you, but you know what's sad, too? You you look at some sides of the United States, and they think what Donald Trump is doing right now is great. It's like, you idiots. Okay, so put it this way. Let's say there was no tweeting. He, he didn't tweet once, and yeah. the, which, again, you can't do it because that's the blue sky. It's impossible. To, would you still like him if you never heard from him? See, no. I, think that cha- I think that changes a lot of people's minds. Because the crazy talk comes out in those tweets. Yeah, the crazy talk comes out. He's also he's also a coward, right? He he, he has the chance to meet somebody face to face and tell him the situation with John with Justin Trudeau. He doesn't do it. Gets on his little plane and then starts tweeting away like a madman. It's like you you're a coward. You're a, you're a man child, uh, orange haired clown coward. What? <laughs> by the I, way, I, I'm trying the, not to swear. By the way, I'm trying. To, my parents watch this show. By the way. Well, it's too late for that. <laughs> that was not that was not intended for Ronald McDonald. Just so no, we're clear, it wasn't. that last insult. Ronald, Ronald McDonald's smart compared yeah. to this guy. And Ronald goes, yeah, he talks like Aunt <laughs> B. I, I don't know. I don't know what Ronald McDonald talks like. Ever had to do a, an event where there's a Ronald McDonald yes, guy there? Many I, times. I, and just so you know, love McDonald's. Not big on the clown. The clown, because no. it's always a different guy. And, there is. And they have to stay in character. Yes. So so one time it was like like a thousand <laughs> degrees and, and we're inside a van and he's like, Oh, how are you today? I was like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. So when we go up, you were first, Oh, you sound like a fun person. Are you fucking serious? Seri- uh, sorry, sorry about the thing. <laughs> yeah, how's, how long are you going to be? Being character, like there's no one around. You want to smoke? I got a, I got a flask with me. If you want a little hit, did you do a Billy Madison? Shut up, clown. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, exactly. Well, if uh, you're looking for a way that someone wants to put their feelings towards Trump, I guess you would have watched the Tonys. Uh, yeah, it's, like uh, nobody watches garbage, but it was all over Twitter. So yeah, I thought, well, you know, here it is. If if you missed uh, maybe what the true sentiment is for a lot of people, I guess we go to the Tony Awards. Here is Robert De Niro. Not a lot of words, very succinct. I'm going to say one thing. Fuck Trump. You. You're good, you. You. No, you are. You're good, you. I wonder if this is a positive reaction he's getting. It's no longer down with Trump. It's what does he mean? I vote for Robert De Niro too. <laughs> what is he trying to say? Yeah, look, he's preaching to the choir there, but uh, he really is, yeah. but I don't see any mix of uh, of feelings on that. You, you're watching RollMikeRichards.com either on the website or on the YouTube channel. We appreciate all the uh, subscriptions uh, seemingly coming our way. Just hit right down there where you see the magical head or whatever it is uh do that uh before we get to ian o'callahan who's going to be in studio by the way uh, you can catch his work all over the place yeah, uh, he's in- like a world guy he just came back from ireland actually well, or he- as you would say the mother country you mean the, the island of jesus yes that too jesus people god's people uh who will not be in the world cup no it's gonna be weird watch now we're still gonna do i think dave aren't we gonna we do the the world cup Apparently, uh, yeah uh, Ted got off his ass and sent me some stuff that oh I, did he yeah yeah He's not the Cayman Islands still, is he? No, he, oh. no, no I'm, just, I'm just... Oh, Mike, I'm poor. You're tweeting from the Cayman Islands or a cottage. <laughs> what is your definition? I'll tell you, you want to see poor? Come to Dave and I, our house on a weekend. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I'm out front with a Mr. Turtle pool. Yeah. That's my entertainment. Yeah. Dave's like, I can't take the pool. Yeah, I call right now. 
I'm out in our pool. You, 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 <laughs> want, you, want, you want to know how sad my life is? On Saturday, I'm clearing out the garage, yeah. okay? Or garage or whatever the hell you people call it here. And and I put everything on our driveway and I'm sweeping everything out. Then I blow out all the dust and shit like that. And I got people from the area walking up my driveway asking me if I'm selling shit. You're not even No, no signs, no nothing. Because I don't and like I'm garage like, sales. I don't go to them. No, and I'm sure as no, hell I'm never and, gonna and do that. I don't host them do either. Them. But I, I I look like such a jobber on the weekend that I had everything organized out that I had people walking up and down my driveway going, are you selling that uh, that that toy? No, I'm not. this isn't a grad sale. Get get lost. Jobber mate might be my favorite phrase of all time. Yeah, there's two of them over here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, uh, oh, I'm a wrestler. You are? What do you go by? Uh, Mike, the, Mike the Ferocious. Mike the Ferocious. I'm a jobber. Oh. Uh, yes. So you're shit then. Or as Coach Frank would say, Barry, oh. <laughs> uh, so much to talk about. Again, there's a lot of things happening on the weekend. Uh, you know, very briefly, before we get to this uh, this next piece, um, Johnny Manziel goes in, plays a, a little bit. Well, yeah. Play a little time. Yeah. Um, I think the, the one thing to take away from this is, is once again, it's composure and just sort of understanding the game. Look, that offensive line at times still, uh, I don't think you want to be, you know, if you've got a quarterback like that, and again, not the starter, not the starter, but he seems to be more comfortable. He's making some plays, and of course, uh, I guess for the first, well, you can say it, he got his first CFL touchdown ever. Uh, once again, property of the Canadian Football League and broadcasters TSN. That means Bell, too. Into the Canadian Football League. Manziel right away out of the backfield to Alex Green. And on his first play... Last game, Ted Manziel didn't throw a ball more than seven yards down the field in the first preseason game. Here's what Johnny... Now, this is an interesting play. And he scrambles out. Late fly. We'll come back to that because it was edited. Let's see. Manziel with protection throws and touchdown! Alex Green! And mark it down, Johnny Manziel's first Canadian Football League touchdown pass comes here in Montreal. It's here to stay. Manziel, a little pump and go. See, any, any of these pump and go, Dave's, or deep routes, or, or nine routes, whatever you want to call them, um, he, they were tougher. Here comes the rush. Manziel so, is going down. So he's still getting used to probably and throws of distance a little bit. St still the timing. Sure. Eventually, but he does throw an out pass to me. Like as a, as a, as a quarterback's Manziel. coach, there was one play that I go, that's what I'm looking for. Back to pass. Pocket closing. There goes Johnny and Manziel trying to get out of bounds. Facts, you're going to throw the ball 30 or 40 times a game. You're in order to be successful, you're probably going to move the pot slot. So, in looking at that, what do we what do we gauge? What do we what are we saying about uh, Johnny Manziel from what you I saw? Li I like what he did. I think he's he's uh, obviously the number two quarterback by far. There's only two quarterbacks in Hamilton, uh, and, and he will be knocking on that starter's gate. I, I can't I can't see a scenario where the guy isn't isn't starting as soon as there's a little bit of a slippage from Jeremiah Mazzoli, but. You know, uh, they got a good situation in Hamilton. You need two quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, as we find Bombers. out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that too. We'll get the, to that too. And the Hamilton Tiger Cats have it, so uh, it shouldn't be a a surprise at all that they win the East Division or at least finish second. If you're a Tiger Cat fan listening in today, well, uh, you mentioned uh, having uh, two able 
Well, okay, so you have your starter, and then one guy who's capable of coming in and stopping the bleeding. I think that's really what you're talking about with a, with a second-string quarterback. Yep. Uh, or a backup. Maybe you want to use the word uh, two on the depth chart, I guess. For Winnipeg, uh, Nichols goes down, yep. and uh, what do you think they'll do? Is it a Darian Durant, or do they go after God, what they've no. got in Toronto, God, do you think? I hope not. I, I, it better not be a Darian Durant. There was a poll that my friend sent out on Twitter uh, he's one of the uh, sports uh, hosts in Winnipeg, and he made a joke saying that, you know, what would you welcome least in Winnipeg? And the first one was the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the second one was Darian Durant. Yeah. yeah. And number three was a herpes outbreak. And Darian Durant defeated the herpes outbreak and the Las Vegas wow. Golden Knights. It's, uh, so, it's good to be up on a list yes, normally. Yes, I, so, I, I don't know. So that, that's the, that's what they would welcome the least in Winnipeg. Yeah, there's got to be a better option than that. Yeah. And they're still burned about the him taking. Well, it was a it was a $70, bonus, wasn't it? dollar bonus, yeah, and bonus. not even taking a snap in in in, in spring camp. What I'm hearing, and I and I sent off a couple messages this morning, and I haven't really received all the notification back and uh, and so forth. Is Alex Ross is likely to start uh, on Thursday night? Thursday night football uh, against the Eskimos uh, in Winnipeg. It's like, I think there's gonna be a new song too. I think is there? Uh, I believe it's gonna be a di- like a, a different, uh, a completely you, different song. I'll tell you one thing: the voiceover guy is shit compared to the old voiceover guy. Oh yeah, you want especially for Friday night yeah. football. Oh, Friday night football. Saying. Yeah, just saying. There's a lot of things that aren't as good. <laughs> let's just uh, let's talk about that. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get to uh, Ian O'Callaghan. He's gonna uh, join us in uh, in a second here. But think uh, all things Irish, and I've never seen this before. <laughs> you got to see this. The first time U2 was on television. So this is from uh, their national network RTE, a show called uh, Late Night. And this young band comes on. <laughs> And an even younger guy who throws to the band, who, as I would describe it, has very Irish hair. There's a there's a thing called Irish hair, and he has it. And so as we get to something that's very Irish, on the other side, we'll get to another thing that's very Irish. Ian O'Callaghan and something this year that's not as Irish, the World Cup. The band for the future, the 80s or 90s, who knows? You two. <laughs>
Look at that. How I've never seen Edge with hair. And it's or, not Irish. Or that much. Or that much yeah, right? it's not. Uh, uh, it's, it wasn't even really Irish hair. <laughs> so Owen, not Ian. So that's my mistake in, in, in messing up on on the Gaelic pronunciation. I'm going to take some. I'm going to take some grief from the family from that one. So uh, Owen, thanks so much. O'Callahan, there's no uh, there's no uh, mixing up where that's from. Uh, no, uh, Jewish. <laughs> you're, Hardcore yeah, Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Or as they say over there, so you're a Jew, are you? You're a Jew. That's what you love about Ireland. It's especially you talk to the to to to, to your, your your mommy yeah. or your da. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, my name is uh, San Francisco Pablo. Yep. You're Sicilian. You're you're Italian, are you? Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks so much for joining. I said, you know, uh, the one thing uh, certainly on my side of uh, uh, of the fence, uh, no Ireland. No, uh, it's, it's, that's it. No World Cup then. But you're still gonna watch. Uh, but let's 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 be honest about the lads. Um, they came up against a Danish team that has some bona fide real stars. And uh, when they scored early, as, as excited as I was, and my house exploded, I thought, <laughs> "This is gonna be bad. Yeah, this we, is this is just too, too. It was too early. I think we, we don't do well when we're in front. No, uh, it's, no, it's never a good. Thing it needs for to be nil nil in the like the 84th exactly. minute, and then you got a shot. Yeah, we when we get far too ahead of ourselves, it normally <laughs> leads to inevitable disaster. Uh, and, and so it happened in our own backyard in Dublin. But uh, isn't it the Irish way though? You as as good as things can be going, you're like. Oh, the roof's going to fucking fall in. Exactly. Like, it's going to be terrible. The, the economic recession is a, prime, <laughs> is a prime example of that. Let's buy two houses in oh, Portugal. Oh, oh, uh, oh, this yeah. is obviously going to go really well. Right. No, yeah. the economy crashes. It's the tiger economy. I'm going, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a really bad. should have yeah. seen that one coming, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. That's right. That's right. Well... Uh, overall, the World Cup, we had James Sharman in. We were talking to him about just all the, uh, um, the, the I guess odds because we're we're degenerates here. So you're not talking about footy. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're I didn't want to say it, guys. But I mean, no. you're talking to someone who you know. I I, I bet, bet on Gaelic football. I, I bet on hurling. I've been to the Croker. I, I sit there and swear with the rest of them, you know. <laughs> but uh, but when I'm looking at just the nature of football, what I thought was interesting is he made a comment about Spain, mm. and I said, well, you know, sometimes with some programs. It's cyclical depending on the young blood and the new blood you get because at one point they were just the most brilliant uh, footballers yeah. in any category, men or women on the whole planet. Then there was a little bit of a dropping because there kind of has to be at times. Do you think they've come full circle? Is Spain because – look, I, I still wouldn't put them – I still like Germany. Germany's a uh, – they have a great program. They, 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 have, they have the players that count because I, I'll go back to my argument always. In, in your domestic professional leagues, mm. your stars have to be those – that are nationals and in, in the Bundesliga, I think you do have that, and I and I think they have that kind of program. I I don't know if Spain's at that level yet. Still, for me, I think it's when yeah. when you kind of revolutionise things as much as Spain did for so long, it's very very difficult to kind of keep that going. Um, and I think what we have seen is a little bit of a flat line with them. Um, you know, you even look back at European Championships two seasons ago uh, when things didn't go according to plan. Um, you even go back to to the last World Cup in Brazil where it was. Not to overstate it, but I mean that defeat to the Dutch was was remarkable, almost inexplicable. Um, so whether or not that they can recycle things again and, and come back, it, it's it's difficult. I mean they've got some great players, but in terms of of a, a collaborative process, do they have enough going forward? Um, are they ruthless enough? Yes, we know that the Spanish style of play is, is great, aesthetically pleasing stuff, but ultimately, do they still have that grip between their teeth that they would have shown the world a number of years ago? It's kind of up, up for discussion a little bit. Um, there's certainly been a golden generation 
that is now on the wane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still have the likes of Iniesta, who who is there fighting tooth and nail, one last hurrah. And yeah, you could lose yourself in the romance of it. But ultimately, I think uh, in in terms of quality and in terms of what we can expect, I'm I'm not really sure if 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 they should be considered front runners for for a tournament win. So I sense I sense in Group B then I sense in Group B that is that still. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, keep going. Hey 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 hey. There hey. we go. All right, there we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, I sense in Group B that that you still like Portugal to win the group, Spain to finish second. Because it really is two teams and two non-teams. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's. I mean, what makes it obviously interesting is is a, is an intense local rivalry that those two countries Absolutely. have, and that kind of drops a little bit of a nice ingredient into the mix. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I filled out my brackets, which I've which I've now completely <laughs> forgotten about. Um, I think I said that Spain might knit first place in that group. Um, I think Portugal, the European win. Uh, was a kind of a, a zenith moment for them. I think it was a, you know, they, they were always, you know, talked about in in terms of can they do things, can they push on, can they uh, try and, and eke a victory out from somewhere. The one good thing that Portugal have is is essentially how they won that tournament by being re- really functional. Um, you bring it back to, to tournament football a lot, and people lose yourself in in the mystique of of teams. Uh, you know, the, the most entertaining, the most exuberant. More often than not, those teams don't win. Um, Portugal are functional. They get the job done. It may not be, you know, the greatest football that anyone's ever seen, um, but you know, because yeah, they because they kind of hiccup their way through World Cup. I mean, they beat Poland in in, sh- in penalty kicks. That you know, they, yeah, it they wasn't just very get, impressive. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And you know, ultimately as well, you've seen uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of his individual performances being, uh, you know up for discussion in terms of what's next for Ronaldo. He's at that point of his career now where he's sure not he that kind of, uh, you know, immense, uh, glorified, strong individual. People are waiting for that little kind of decline. Um, can he carry Portugal again in another tournament? Mm. It's, it, it's difficult. Um, you know, they've got a really great great kid in uh, Gonzalo Guedes uh, who had a, a great season in Spain on loan from, from Paris Saint-Germain. He was with Valencia. Whether or not even he gets his game is another thing. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's an interesting group, um, certainly. Uh, those two teams should easily get into the knockout yeah. stages. And, and once you're in there, once you have extra time, penalty shootouts, injuries to key players, that's really when you open Pandora's box and anything can happen. I want to. I think that when you talk about uh, Ronaldo, it, it just uh, you know he has been a machine yeah. literally for years. Even though, look, you know we all hate him. You know we're all going <laughs> good, good looking at his. He's gambling with supermodels and he's, he's just God how damn dare it. he? And then at the moment he's going to kill you with that the the, the 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 stature, the physical stature. I mean the size in the box. I mean at some point it, it reminds me we were talking we were trying to think of uh, who are like. Uh, in hockey, so people would understand, and, and right. the name came out Mario Lemieux. Okay, maybe not Gretzky, right? But certainly the the, the, the next one, if you want to put, if you will, that yeah. way, and that certainly he would be in that category. To me, he almost looks like you know we talked about Yager, that once he gets down there with his big ass and, and those amazing hands, <laughs> crafty, yeah, yeah, just trying to. I mean, what he maneuvers offensively in a very small space because he's bigger than you. Yeah, he at times is still able to do it. Not the dominance that he had because you're not good forever. I mean, yeah. Tiger Woods wasn't good forever, but. He still is someone that you're going to have to contend with, but it's like LeBron and friends. Yeah, you maybe you need better friends, or you know, yeah. I, I just don't think. I mean, to me, Portugal is is it's a, at the if we're talking about winning the whole thing, then I just don't think that's a conversation. Yeah, and I think as well, you could argue the same thing. It's it's funny that in the conversation between Ronaldo and Messi, when you look at it from an international perspective, both of them kind of are in a similar situation. They have an expectation and anticipation and and a burden of responsibility always on their shoulders. Uh, obviously, uh, two years ago with the European Championship win, Ronaldo has kind of uh, ticked that box, whereas yes. with Messi. 
it remains this intense frustration, uh, this process that he can't crack. And, you know, again, we're coming into a World Cup with question marks about Argentina and about the one thing that Messi needs uh, to, to, to glorify his name, if it even needs more glorification, is some sort of international victory with his country. Uh, and similarly to Ronaldo, you have to look at the Argentina situation and go, does he have enough around him uh, because it can't just be always on on this one guy, uh, and that's 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 the the, the massive million dollar question for Argentina. Does, does is, is there enough elsewhere on that pitch? Are they even good? And are they even the number one team in the group? Because there's a lot of people, especially on our on our betting site, that mm. uh, Croatia's starting to gain momentum betting wise to to topple that group. I, I'm still an Argentina backer when it comes to it, but I think it's Croatia Argentina in whatever direction you want to really? go. One two. Yeah, I'm with not... with all due respect to Nigeria and uh, what was it Peru? Was it no Iceland? That's right, Iceland in that group. I, th- I think the the it's weird because it's not the first time that someone's mentioned Croatia to me in the last couple of weeks. I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit in in terms of where where did the love for Croatia yeah, I, come I'm from? I'm Slovenian, so I don't want Croatia to win. <laughs> yeah. so I don't want to we, look, and we have a ton. That, let's <laughs> not hey, we got a ton of Croatians who followed us for years. Yeah, you know, including names like <laughs> they'll use names like Split or Kung Fu Zombie. You oh know yeah, listen, and, and yeah. we can all lose. I fell in love with the Croatian team in the mid-90s. You know, I was a kid growing up in Cork in Ireland and, uh, you know, they, they got to the quarterfinals of the European Championship in 1996 and then they, they finished third at the World Cup in 1998. So, so that's, that's home for you? Uh, Cork? Cork? Cork is my home, yeah. Like Cork City or? Uh, like Cork City, yeah. Roy Keane, home of Roy Keane and Dennis oh, Irwin, all the that's... greats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of butcher shops, I don't know why everything's connected to meat, and it's, and guess what? It's always lamb. If I go in there and I see the lamb being chopped up, I took my uh, niece over there, and we were sort of traveling around, and we the were just market, uh, maybe Did you go to the right markets? downtown, yeah, right, right in the middle, right yeah. in the middle, and they yeah. were lopping off heads, and oh, yeah. I took my niece in there. I'm like. God, I'm, I'm so I'm so hungry. <laughs> it's so hungry. a welcoming <laughs> sort of thing oh, for all there's of the tourists. Pork, yeah, there's yeah. innards, there's ears, and there's feet. I'm like, yeah. starving. Yeah. I'm starving. Yeah. Honestly. It's exactly. beautiful. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, I fell in love with the Croatian team in, in the mid-90s. So in terms of uh, another kind of romantic bet, you always like to see Croatia do well because it conjures up those memories of growing up and watching great players like Prozneczki and Davrsuka and Zvonir Boban uh, and all those guys. Um, whether or not they have it this time around, I'm, I'm, it's kind of baffling Like what you're saying about bets being laid on them. Yes. There's, there's obviously something in the waters that people are are looking into gazing into their yeah, it's uh, called desperation though yeah, i'm not, though. I'm not, it's, uh, I'm not <laughs> like world, world cup normally i think he's agreeing with you yeah i think world cup normally brings about tradition as your kind of key point and argentina as it is a traditional powerhouse and you it, it would be also it wouldn't be worth going home for those argentinian players if they don't finish top of their group well how do you feel if you're colombia Oh, don't wow. don't don't even get back on that plane. I mean, I I, yeah. I, I think you take up Russian uh, uh, asylum or something, you know. Yeah, well, Russia being such a welcoming country for any asylum seekers, yeah. traditionally, uh, that, that would work a treat, I'm sure, uh, for those Colombians <laughs> who wish to stay on in that country after the World Cup. Um, but uh, yeah, Colombia is, an, is another interesting one. Again, you, you talk about your your uh, high profile glittering uh, individual magic and Hamas Rodriguez, obviously, um, is their is their key man. Their talisman but again you have to go back to four years ago and whether or not that the kind of surprise element has now been parked a little bit yeah. um, they still rely massively on Falcao up front who's kind of rediscovered his way in France it was a good move for him after a really torrid time in England um, so but but again you know it's weird this this World Cup is a bit of a head scratcher in terms of uh, you know one key question a lot of people ask is is there a dark horse in the tournament yes and you know for me it's it's very very difficult you look at the strength of the the core teams that always stand out and you're trying to find a way that's 
a kind of a, a lesser light will will actually get a chance to shine. And it, it seems to be quite difficult trying to trying to figure out okay how can this team properly progress even maybe to a semi finals. Um, so there's there's not even really one dark horse team. I mean potentially and this is going to probably piss off a lot of people listening. Um, you know are we at a stage where England are a dark horse? Um, I think know, I will, how can you how can you not uh, agree with that statement? You take a look at where they are, and if I'm saying well I think I see them as as semi finalists. How, how do you see them as semifinal? And and look, if they made it into well, I would call it you know the eight. Yeah. If, if they made it into that, I think actually English people would be like, well, that's all right. I mean, well, I, 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 I think mean, the, I think that Gareth Southgate has done something really really special with this. I mean, expectations have really never been as low, which is great. It's 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 relatively calm. There's no <laughs> off field chaos. Yeah, There's no pantomime. Right, right. There's no theatrics right. that that normally go hand in hand with when England go to any major tournament. Southgate was a pretty unassuming player, and he's kind of the same way as a coach. It's pretty quiet. It's everything's under control, and and I think that once you get uh, the right sort of chemistry, that has a massive effect on a t- core group of guys who are together. In for a couple of weeks, and you know, you get maybe one or two good results. Some sometimes you're looking at each other, thinking, "Well, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe there's something can, in this." Yeah. Now, ultimately, England are on the same side of the draw as Germany. So, if you know, if if Belgium top England's group and England finish second, it's more than likely a quarter final against Germany. That's if they get past Colombia. So that's how the kind of draw would, right, would play. Right. Out. But again, a round of sixteen, England against Colombia, given a little bit of good chemistry and and good good vibes in that English camp. I'd, I'd almost tip England to win that game and go into a quarterfinal clash with Germany. We should tell everybody, too, uh, there is uh, uh, some movement this weekend on the World Cup outrights. Brazil has now overtaken Germany as the mm. betting public favorite to win the tournament, paying a 476. Germany comes in at number two. France at number three. Spain at number four, rounding out the top five. Argentina paying a 9-1 to one to win the event. So that's a little bit of a change. Germany had been at that number one spot since they put down the numbers about sure. a year ago. Mm. So we're we're on, interesting. The, we're on but, the week of and there's been a change at top. Not much, but enough to It's not like the report. Brazilians to be confident about themselves. Yeah. Right? Well, 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 no, no, no. Also, they're also a very public country where where right. your average in terms of betting man, you're saying, yeah, yes. As far, a, a public you know, team. Okay, for example, for example, in the NFL, if you don't watch the game, yeah. you know that the New England Patriots are very They public. have a fighting chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people will sit there and go, oh, my dad was a Cowboys fan. Yeah, people will bet the Cowboys are. whether they're good enough or exactly. not. Right. Public exactly. team. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I'm yeah. not putting Brazil in the Cowboys realm of things, but I am putting them closer to the Patriots one. Like, they, they should finish top four, and I think anything outside of the top four would probably be a, a poor showing for that country. Yeah, I think so. I, it, it's funny. Um, you go back four years ago when they hosted it hosted the, yeah, this tournament and and the, the pressure <laughs> was so so intense uh, particularly for someone like Neymar uh, I think that they can probably look forward to this World Cup in a completely different way the pressure is less they're away from from that intensity uh, I still yeah I'm surprised that there's there's such a level of confidence in this Brazilian team I know that that a lot of people would say look at their qualification campaign it was so special um, I I really don't care about qualifiers uh, when it comes to a World Cup because a World Cup is such a unique experience. Uh, qualification is built over 18 months. Games come every once in a while uh, and it's very, very plain percentages. You know, you pick up a point on a away, on away trip, you come back home, you get a win under your belt, blah, blah, blah. A World Cup is three group games. If you don't come out of the gates quickly, you're going home. Um, you know, if you finish second in, in your group if, as a high-profile team, suddenly you're looking at a round of 16 clash against another decent side you could be That's playing. So it's, it's, it's very, very different. Um, the confidence in, in terms of the Brazilian team, obviously you look at, at, at Neymar, but you also look at their special trick, which is a rare breed. 
a coach in charge of the team who lots of people like, right. uh, which is very, very strange for Brazil. Um, Tite has kind of uh, waved the magic wand a little bit and uh, everyone's fallen under his spell. Um, I think definitely Brazil should look at, at, at a final four place. Um, and you're right, if, if it's anything less than that, uh, again, you come back to seeking asylum in, in Russia. Um, <laughs> as, that's what you need to do. Um, but in terms of, of them getting over that finish line, uh, I think... I have them facing France in a semi-final, and, and I would I would look at France doing them that semi-final. Oh God, France! Come on, uh, Owen, and someone named Owen O'Callaghan. <laughs> you can't be liking those French bastards. Uh, well, think no. of Thierry Henry, what he did. Shit, <laughs> listen, we, you know us Irish never like to hold a grudge. No, of course um, not. No, we, we we tend to park things and get over things pretty quickly. Um, you know, I I've, I've my favorite player growing up was Eric Cantona, so. Uh, I've always uh, been a, a little bit um, on the side of of, of enjoying, uh, you know, French French football. Um, so, but in in terms, you know, we 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 also faced France uh, at the European Championships two years ago when they beat us. Um, when they they actually it was a tough game and and, and France showed a, a little bit of strength of character, particularly uh, Griezmann, who I fancy to actually win the Golden yeah. Boot at this time. Yeah, he's he's uh, a remarkable player. Whether he's you know playing for his 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 uh, league team or yeah. or or as an international yeah. he really dangerous really dangerous yeah and I think as well that that, that France it, the, the one thing you know whenever you lose a final like they did it in, in the Euros against Portugal do you have have it within yourself to come back again and are you fired up and motivated enough to to, to, to really go hard for another tournament see because you talked about chemistry with the English mm. we know that the French are capable more than capable of having meltdowns correct now I think that that, um, that was a you know I think a particular generation um, of senior players, veteran players, that you know, ego was a massive part of it. Not to say that a group of these French players don't have big egos. Uh, that goes as part and parcel of of any elite of any elite sports team. Um, but I, I do like the look of this team. I, I think that Kylian Mbappe um, is is a is an absolutely magical player. He's, possesses so much talent. And and if they, again, if if they can, um, if if they can step up on what they showed us at the Euros in 2016 um, you know I, I think it could be strong uh, Paul Pogba has a lot of questions to answer he had a very very mixed season for Manchester United this is a player who you know essentially the whole world should love and adore but we're not quite there no, yet they, no they don't no they, they don't they, yeah. yeah so it's it's you know he, you know there's a little bit of pressure on him to kind of you know in front of the the world's audience to, to show what he can do properly again because uh, he hasn't done that at manchester united um so i, I yeah I, I i just like it I, I like it as a group um you know i think france germany may be a good bet as, as a final that would probably mean that two south american teams are beaten in the semi-finals um with uh with brazil on one side and argentina on the other that's if all of those boxes get ticked perfectly along the way, which, of course, they won't because it's a World Cup and we'll and always have at least one or happen. two surprises. Should mention uh, Anton, uh, is it Anton uh, Griezmann? Anton Griezmann. Yes, yeah. he's uh, the third favorite to win the Golden Shoe, top yep. goal scorer at 12 to 1 uh, right Big now. number. Neymar is number one. Messi is number two. So we got uh, we got you down for 12 to 1. Also, you mentioned uh, in passing that, uh, that I heard you talk about England and how they would, in your mind, would play Colombia. So you got Colombia to win Group H. Yes. Over Poland, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. I, I, I don't, yeah, I how, don't. How close is that? I don't see, like, I mean, Poland, there, there's a couple of European teams who fall into a similar category. I mean, I've, I've seen other people talk about Denmark and Switzerland. Again, you come back to functionality. Uh, yeah. You know, Poland have Lewandowski, but they don't really have much else. Um, you know, if 
le- you know, let's think about it. if Lewandowski pulls up with a hamstring injury in the first game. Yeah. What do Poland yeah. do then? What's the plan B? They they don't really there have they don't B. really have yeah. enough stuff around Lewandowski to kind of get up and running. Um, you know, and, and again, obviously, given the fact that that we're Irish and and, and you know, I, I get to see a lot of European teams a lot. You know, Poland have never really impressed me too much. Um, Scored you know, a lot in qualifying, though, but also let in a lot in qualifying. Yeah, and too, again, right? qualif- qualifiers can really just—I uh, mean, they well, won't playing, score a lot in a group game. If you're playing San Marino and the yeah, and, Isle and, of whatever, yeah, and, and you don't—I mean, it's 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 a very rare thing for a team to go into a group stage and and obliterate the opposition. Normally, what you do is, uh, you know, it's it's like it's like any kind of it, it's like the NBA. It's like right, we're going to put so and so in for a shift. You know, as uh, if if we're home and dry. We're going to pull him out for the last quarter or whatever it is, and he, we can bench right. him into, and let's concentrate on the knockout stages. So, I mean, even in the case of something like uh, top goal scorer, a lot of people are, are talking um, in in the build up to this tournament about, oh well, such and such can probably get as many as four or five in the group stages, which never happens. It's like you don't get one sided results normally right. in, in group stage play. Um, mm. You know, it, it's a very very rare thing. So, for instance, in terms of a top goal scorer, normally it's you pick up two or three goals in the group stages. You pick up another two or three goals in the knockout rounds, and so therefore, usually the top goal scorer is from one of the teams who finish in in the final four because they play the most games. They play too, the most games, so yeah. it, it does come back to kind of percentage picking up basically a goal a game. I mean, yeah. I think there's one exception, Oleksiyenko for the Russians in 1984, where I think he scored five against Cameroon in the group stage, uh, and he he finished. He still finished joint top with Stoichkov of Bulgaria because mm. Bulgaria went long in the competition. Russia got knocked out in the group stages, so Silenko scores five goals in the group stage. Go, oh, this is. <laughs> <laughs> he still has to share the prize with yeah. Stoichkov, who yeah. finishes with six as well. So, um, so that's yeah. It's it, the World Cup is is a is an odd thing, but usually you have a pattern that it, it kind of sticks to more often than not. Now, some of the countries that aren't aren't there. We mentioned uh, Ireland, obviously. Uh, Italy, another uh, you know big public uh, team in, yep. in terms of, of love, not there. And then the Netherlands again, and you know I think for you know you look at their domestic league and you get some real powerhouses and. Ajax and, and PSV, yep. and, and yet, you know, they, you know, they, they became dysfunctional, it seems like, 15, 20 years, when they were like rock stars. <laughs> like, it, it was, we mentioned U2, it was like U2 coming on the field, <laughs> you know, as the blonde dreadlocks and it's the sunglasses, yeah. and they were uh, always the sexy pick to do something, and it seemed to really backfire on them. Yep. It didn't, you know, in terms of the chemistry and what they wanted, they just couldn't actually finish, I think is really what the problem is. Mm. But I would assume, and the argument could be made, if I'm watching Serie A, the biggest stars in some of those teams, I mean, one is called Inter. (laughs) I mean, there are, you know, it's like, you know, that's why the hardcore uh, uh, Italian fans are going to like, uh, you know, the Juventus of the world. You know, they're going to like the really really Italian-y, if I can put it that way. What are these teams like, like, uh, like in Netherlands, like, like in Italy, uh, what do they need to do in terms of their national program to get back to that level? Or is it that eroding? Like, look, it'd be, would it be fun to see Scotland uh, in a World Cup? But, but but that is a tough push. And aside from, you know, those that follow it casually, you would know Celtic and Ranger. But yeah. after that, I mean, it's it's if you're talking world stage, it becomes difficult to find players at that level. Yeah, I, I think that in terms of, of, of Italy and Netherlands, the, the immediate comparison that you can make is with the United States, where you know there's you know the United States have failed to make their first World Cup in 30 years, and it's like, well, 
this is chaos. Uh, we need a national investigation into why this was a failure. Well, you know, if you got a draw against Trinidad and Tobago in your, in your final game, you, you would have qualified. If you scored one more goal, one more goal you yeah, would be yeah, there. Yeah, you know, yeah, know, let's put this in context. Similarly, when you look at the Italians and the Netherlands not being in a World Cup, you kind of have to look at it in isolation. Uh, like, how remarkable or inexplicable is it for both of those teams? I mean, say, particularly the same edition, that's pretty inexplicable. Is it going to ever happen again? Yeah, I mean, the thing is that um, in terms of both those countries, there's an immense, hardcore, intense football uh, community. So everyone knows uh, that this is not going to happen again because it cannot be allowed to happen again. Germany had something similar where they redesigned their entire structure and their entire program after a miserable European Championship experience. Uh, years ago, they came back in 2006 when they hosted the tournament and they finished third. And then it kind of kicked things, uh, you know, together again. And they, they kind of restitched uh, how they how their football structure was in the country and, and they reinvented themselves. But it took an unmitigated disaster for them to, to go back to... To, to ripping up the plan and starting all over again. And sometimes you just need that. I, I think um, the Netherlands is probably, uh, you know, I've just finished a, a magazine essay about, about the Dutch and their their level of psychosis. And, and you know, the, the Dutch were always believers in that. We may not win anything, but we can give the world something beautiful. So if you think back to Johan Cruyff, uh, the Dutch didn't win in 1974. They were beaten by Germany in the final. But the Dutch would argue that, it doesn't mean much because of what we gave the world generally. Yeah, well, and, 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 you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, what the Dutch have done. When I look at, uh, you know, the, the World Cup that was in Brazil, so yeah. when, and, and you just knew that they said to themselves, well, we're not better than the other team. So if we're going to win, we're going to slow this thing down. We're going to make it dirty. We'll grab people. We'll, you know, we'll have, you know, we will we'll challenge them. Every tackle that we can make, we're going to try to make. And we yeah. will, and, and it almost worked. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they almost did it. That was Robin's team. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it's just funny the strategies you see within World Cups where, um, there's, there, you know, for North Americans, it's, it's still, as popular as the sport is, and we see what TFC's done, we yep. obviously in Vancouver, MLS has been huge. But still, for the most part, when we're going to gather in a bar, th there's still a lot of people who go, "Who's that then now? What? It, yeah, yeah. What, are, are they any good? Where are they from? Are they supposed to win?" There still is a little mystery to it. Yeah. No, that's grossly changing pretty fast because mm -hmm. it is the world. Well, it's always been the world's most popular sport. Uh, but there is an education to it. Do you find that in North America where you're having more? Because I'll tell you, ten uh, two thousand and one. Mm -hmm. If you had asked me of any of the big leagues and those teams, you're getting a blank look back. Yeah. You're getting a blank stare because I wouldn't have known until yeah. I gambled once on it. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no, so, uh, Southampton's playing who? Like, I just all of a sudden, you know, yeah. I'd I bet on... Well, I bet on aren't good. I'd bet on Scunthorpe. <laughs> I wish I could say that's not true. It's true. I bet on everything. Listen, we all have our problems, Mike. Uh, <laughs> a lot of issues. Who am I to condemn you for having your own? Um, but, no, I, I, I think that access is always a big thing. Um, if, if you if you put games uh, you know on TV and give people the opportunity to sit down and watch them, uh, people will. A, a modern day sports fan doesn't just watch NFL or NBA; they watch four or five different sports. I think that's one hundred percent correct. Constantly, yes. um, and even and, and it and it you know it, it throughout a season interest levels peak and then mm -hmm. drop to to a certain level. But it's it's like a it's like a uh, you know, a seesaw essentially. Um, but that's, yeah, and, and soccer is no part of that conversation. People can sit down on a Tuesday or Wednesday and watch a Champions League game. Uh, you know, and that's that's their little uh, that's their little bit of bit of food for that week in terms of football. And they get their, uh, their they get their fix. Um, so I think definitely in, from a North American perspective, it's 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 improved rapidly. I mean, sometimes you you still 
are a little bit taken aback by what people ask you, um, because you know you, you, you almost uh, you almost lose yourself in how popular sports become, and then you have a conversation with someone, and it kind of levels off. Right, a you realize bit more. really, yes, you, you realize, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, we still need to kind of work work on this a little bit more. Um, but you're right, Major League Soccer in terms of of Canada has really, uh, and, and Canada has always had a. You know, a, a really great. I mean, you go back historically, not to bore listeners with it, but um, you know, you know, football's always been tied to to a lot of communities around this country, and, and just f- due to various factors, it's kind of disappeared into the margins a little bit and into the sidelines. Um, but uh, it it's certainly more educated, it's certainly more opinionated, um, and I think that in in terms of North American, you know, market, you you normally take your cues in the U.S. and the U.S. have been blessed with. Uh, you know, success in inverted commas in terms of of, of football uh, relatively recently, uh, and once they take the lead, and you have your big markets like your ESPN and Fox kind of R- covering the game to yes. a certain level, yes. mm-hmm. well, then that kind of has a drip feed effect, um, and everyone else becomes kind of neutral fans. Um, so you know, so again, you bring it back to a local interest, and then that feeds everyone becomes an expert. It's like um, case in point: the U.S. women's soccer team, U.S. women's soccer team. The reason that blew up was because they were successful. Um, there were parades in their honour, uh, they were celebrated, suddenly they were on the covers of magazines. If they finished third at tournaments, that's probably not going to be happening. But they were champions, it's something to celebrate. So obviously it comes back to good news stories as well, and that if you've got something to, if you've got a drum to beat, you beat it and people get behind it. Um, and I think that's going to be what, what's happening with so- TFC. You, come, you even think back a couple of seasons ago, when they were miserable, you know, people couldn't even uh, hand off their season tickets for oh, free to their friends. Red, red fans were tor- they were a tortured group. Oh, completely. I, you know, it, 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 we, Sean Cullen, the, the, the great comedian, always would come on with us, and he would come on to say how much he... It's like a relationship. And I go, if there's your girlfriend, what would you say? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just constant disappointment, you know. Um, and no matter what day of the week it was, it was constant disappointment. Yeah. Um, but now there's a feel-good factor. Uh, you're getting to MLS Cup. Uh, you're you're getting a taste of silverware. People want more of it, and yeah. it's infectious. Well, and and, and uh, you can also see there's some fatigue here with a lot. They've played a lot of football. And you know what? That's cyclical as well. Sure, it I is. Mean, it's to be expected. I mean, they, they, you know, this is this is the the second year. Uh, you know, arguably they should have two MLS Cups in their back pocket, yes. and, they, yes. and they don't. So yes. they've had to push hard for two back to back campaigns which uh, also is, is not easy that's hard to uh, do you know they've had CONCACAF Champions League commitments as well it's been a long road for them uh, and obviously you're going to get a bit of fatigue and it, it's the, the odd strange uh, oddity um, which is MLS I mean as bad as you can be in a regular season uh, you can still make the playoffs. I mean, it's it's kind of it's it's and, and people will go, oh, with this, you know, you may not be playing at home, and this game, it doesn't matter. The, yeah, the cream always rises yeah. to the top when it comes to the postseason, and you know, TFC will be there thereabouts this season as well. It'll just might take them a little bit more time. Yeah, exactly. Big win against Philadelphia on the weekend too to get them a little bit closer yeah, to that exactly. line. So, so your resume right now, Irish Examiner, Guardian Sport, Indie Sports, Eight by Magazine. You also do a, a podcast with Bobby McMahon, yes. an old friend of mine from Winnipeg. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. I lived in Winnipeg for two and a half years. I lived there for 30-something years. <laughs> okay, you've got the edge on me there, slightly. Yeah. Um, but as an Irish person in Winnipeg, <laughs> I, 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 that, yeah, that was a unique thing. Were, I was going to say, you got, rarity, you got yes. lost. Uh, I, I, I got very lost there for a while. That was my last weekend. That ended up being two and a half years. <laughs> no, I was working on a TV show with Bobby at the time, so that's what landed Fox me Fox Sports report? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely yeah, cool. So, so what's so what's uh, what's the latest for you outside of juggling a, a lot of different, uh, you know, uh, dates, uh, I guess, uh, reports for different agencies and stuff like that? What keeps you busy? Yeah, that basically is it. <laughs> I mean, 
it, it's it's kind of a seven day a week thing where uh, you are juggling time zones. You're juggling different publications. Because most um, of this is overseas too. Yeah, and it's it. it's also juggling. You know, trying to look two or three or four weeks ahead and trying to plan, uh, which is which is not easy. But it's it's enjoyable. Uh, all of those guys that I work with are a really, really talented bunch, and it's it's always a pleasure. It's always just great to to do what you love um, yes. and, and people are always kind of reminding you when you reach a certain age that oh, you've managed to make a career out of this and you go I guess it is a career <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess that that's what you can call it uh, but yeah every four years World Cup is, is usually a bit nuts uh, in terms of various commitments and various people wanting you to, to come in and, and bore listeners uh, with your thoughts on football. So uh, thanks all. to you guys come for having me in and, and no, doing this no, again. No, this is awesome. Well then we then because then we're going to have to do hurling and uh, oh, well introducing yeah. Canadians to hurling well we it you know, should be but, and you know what for for what Canadians like here's what they understand they understand sticks <laughs> they get sticks yes they get goalies yes and they like when it gets a little edgy now as I tell people if you really want to see what it looks like even though there are officials what a sport looks like when officials seem like they don't have rules then you watch Gaelic football because yeah. Gaelic football is the craziest thing to try to... You have to see it. You can't explain it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've shown a couple of mates uh, hurling. Uh, there's actually close connections between hockey and hurling uh, in terms of the, the history behind it. Uh, Irish and Scottish immigrants. Like, so shinny, like what you guys refer to as pick-up hockey. Yeah. Uh, like shinty is a sport in Scotland right, played right. with curved sticks, like, like a hockey stick. And shinty is very, very close to hurling. It's a Celtic sport uh, with a shared kind of ideology. They're all stick sports played with a small ball, effectively. Yeah. Uh, and then just nature takes its course and Canadians have to figure out how to do it outside in, in, in certain weather conditions. Um, so that's, you know, what I'm saying here is the Irish invented hockey. Yeah. So uh, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome, Canada. Um, but uh, I would urge everyone to open up YouTube and type in Cork against Kilkenny or something and and, and you will see, you know, but, uh, what we always laugh at in, in Ireland when we watch hockey is you're like, oh, this is great. Look at all of the protection those players have on the ice. Uh, watch hurling and yeah, you'd see the lack yeah. of protection there. Yeah. Uh, the stick and then in what we would call like a hockey helmet with the screen. And, and now the, they the, do. And the helmet has only yeah. been a recent yes. thing. Just, uh, for a long time you didn't have to wear the helmet. No. Even if you're a goalkeeper. That's right. Um, so yeah and, and you can throw the ball up and smack it in the air so it's not just off the ground. Mm. Um, so think of the, the speed that that ball is travelling and you're a goalkeeper with a little <laughs> stick trying to stop it. No uh, yeah and all of these guys are amateurs. They don't get paid for what they do so they come into your school on a Monday and you're, they teach geography or they're you're you're yeah. they're they're your accountant on a tuesday and they're probably having the battle scars uh, probably coming in with <laughs> half an arm or oh, whatever yeah. after playing in front of eighty thousand people on a sunday so it's a special sport it is a special sport uh and the the best way i can equate it when you start talking about the gea so the gaelic uh, athletic association yep. it's all amateurs and and therefore uh, so my people get ridiculed. So my people originally from Coven, you know. So you can imagine how that goes. Again, Mike, Go, you know, you have, your, you have your problems. Yeah, we won't hold it. Cold cheese, you. we're cold cheese. <laughs> I get it, I get it. And so, but sometimes, like if you're if you're in Dublin, there's a little bit of the. That, that it's more of a culture sport sometimes, you know, in and around. That's because that, Dublin yeah, were terrible at hurling yeah, yeah, for well, so long. For I mean, so, just, then they got good. Jealous. Then yeah. they had one team and all of a sudden it was very... Because they're the richest yeah. county in the country, <laughs> That's right. right? It's they not get fair. so much more money. It's so. not fair. So so I go to this match, and it is, uh, it's uh, Limerick, oh. and I think Clare. I think it was Limerick okay. and Clare. Yeah. So I go into the bookmakers. Of course I do. And I make an accumulator. Oh, brilliant. I make an accumulator. And so I go in just, you know, it's early in the morning, so I'm reeking of... Uh, 
Bulmers or whatever, because that's 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 a breakfast uh, drink, I believe. It's I have a, a little cider. cider. Yeah, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And so I'm in there with everybody else doing the same thing. So he goes, "So what are you looking for? What are you going to do there?" So I so, so I started going through. Uh, I'll take the. Uh, this is what my accumulator looked like. I'll take the New England Patriots. Jesus. So we start going through, and it goes all over. And and then I said, and I go Limerick, and Claire, what do you fucking take? <laughs> well, of course, all of a sudden. So I they said you got to be taking Limerick on this one. Take Limerick. Mm, I thought, and, and this is one of the years where, strange enough, Kilkenny, who won for, like, they must be hated. They're the, you know, they're you, the Yankees. They're the Yankees of that yeah, league. Yeah. So, so I go in and I go down, um, oh, God, uh, the big avenue that's closed off. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, in Drumcondra? No, in, uh, in, uh, in Dublin, uh, where all the stores are. Oh, oh Grafton Street? Oh, so I go to Grafton Street. Yeah. And I go in and I get uh, these little, uh, uh, perfectly green shoes to match the green of Limerick. <laughs> so I go in there, I'm sitting at the one end in, in the Crow Park, and it's just mad, it's crazy, it's all so much fun. And the relationship that a lot of the people have with, you know, if you're from Limerick or Clare or Cork, it's, it's like I always explain it's the same enthusiasm that people show here for junior hockey. Okay. So they don't call you by the last name. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking Jimmy or it's Liam yeah, or yeah, it's yeah, Seamus yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so we go in. I'm sitting in the Limerick section. It's just fabulous. I go uh, with me, Dad, who's like 94. Amazing. He goes, I used to work here. And they're like, when? when they... Really? Yeah. Was Cromwell bombing the city? <laughs> and so so we're sitting there. And, of course, it's like, come on, Jimmy. You can do it. You know, you're 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 a great player. Yeah. Well, then they're shite. They can't hit anything. Like they're throwing the ball, and they're not getting anywhere. And then the crowd starts to turn sour. Yeah. So it goes from, Jimmy, you know, I know your dad's a beautiful, you know, beautiful day. But I mean, you fucking pays a shite. Come on. And then 80,000 leave, and Limerick loses, and then both fans almost arm in arm, and we're stopping off all the pubs all the way home. Oh, yeah. Singing songs and singing. I thought... It, to, at least once in your life, you talk about bucket lists. People say, well, how could it possibly be hurling or... or, or because the the fun and the nature of Ireland at heart is uh, you don't know me I don't know you it doesn't matter what jersey we have on it doesn't it's 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 not like firms or exactly. uh, they're not getting ugly it's it's you're, you're having you know some laughs you're having some drinks on the way home and it was beautiful it and was brilliant yeah it was and it's it, with GA uh, I love that this conversation has gone from Antoine Griezmann winning the Golden <laughs> Boot at the World Cup to now talking about Limerick GAA which is remarkable I'm very proud well, of not, this fact but not, you know not, it, not it with this guy sitting here this is where it was um, d- destined to go but it, I mean it does refer to your identity you know like you said it's not a franchise these players aren't playing for franchises they're not owned by a, a billionaire white guy in a blazer sitting in a, a, a you know a, a, a mac mansion somewhere it's uh yeah. this is your county this is where you were brought up and it's where you're from so the guys who you're watching on the pitch you probably went to school with them or at least you went to school with their brother or their sister or their aunt there's a family connection and so often um you know th- there are brothers uh, and sisters in terms of camogie the the female uh, version of, of hurling right you know where you are or ladies football whatever it is where brothers and sisters are part of the same team uh you know they they play literally shoulder to it's shoulder great. with each other yeah. and it's it that it's that, that's the kind of uh, impact that the GAA has in ireland it's it's really our thing and it's it's our dna and it's it's our, it's who we are effectively uh before we go yes cpl Oh, yes. Canadian Premier League. Uh, we've talked to people, including Scott Mitchell. Uh, uh, David has come in. We've talked right. to him, uh, and it's uh, it seems very exciting. Uh, they mentioned, what, Winnipeg the yeah, other day? FC. Yes. Yeah. Right. So uh, we just talked about the importance of domestic leagues in making your national product better. Mm. What's your thinking on the CPL? I would relate it 
instantly back to, to Ireland again because uh, in the League of Ireland, the League of Ireland is our domestic league. It's been uh, semi-pro, but then a lot of teams have actually taken on full-time professionalism. And it's gone through its rough patches, uh, economic turbulence. Some clubs in smaller pockets of the country have struggled to get, mm-hmm. uh, you know, attendance figures up and to pay players, and, and it's been difficult. But the League of Ireland in the last couple of seasons uh, for certain teams and certain players have had a massive impact on the Republic of Ireland team. Uh, now you have League of Ireland players who play in Cork or Dublin to a really high professional standard. They get a decent wage. They're well taken care of. They have experienced England. They've gone over to England as a teenager. Sure. They may not have... have it's a it's a big goldfish bowl in England. It, there's no rhyme or reason why a 17 or 18-year-old kid doesn't make it at one club but does make it at another club. But they come back to Ireland... Uh, renew their love and passion for this game and show everyone else just how good they are and that League of Ireland has developed its product but those players have been playing for League of Ireland teams and getting on the international scene so Martin O'Neill as a coach has come to League of Ireland games watched these players up close and said you know what I think you actually do have something that you can provide to to us or Roy Keane and these uh, League of Ireland players have been called up to senior Irish squads that's the dream for the CPL Sure, Uh, you know players that may not have got an opportunity in Major League Soccer they've been spat out and they've you know they've been in in the kind of undercurrent of uh, North American soccer be it the USL or be it the NASL when it was still around they're looking to showcase their talent. And all those NCAA players, uh, the, 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 you know, big time in Canada that, that again, fall into that uh, category. Completely. And, and also as well, the, the massive thing about CPL is there are hardcore uh, football communities right across this country. It's not just metropolitan areas like your, your Toronto's, your Montreal's, your Vancouver's. Uh, there is a great, like, and, and all of these uh, launch videos, like in Winnipeg, like in Edmonton, um, you know, like in, in York FC, um, all of it is is a genuine outpouring of emotion. People are like, this is something for us now. This is something that we can get behind. Uh, now, I mean, you have to back it up in terms of your, your longevity. We've had a Canadian professional league before. It lasted for five years and it folded in 1992. But to go back to what we were talking about earlier, there is a wider education in terms of soccer now, um, in terms of, of North America. Before, it was very, very tough for soccer to... to to you know, muscle their way into a market. Now, there's local soccer on your doorstep. There is no excuses anymore. Uh, and also, here's the interesting thing about local soccer and professional soccer in an environment, in a local neighborhood or community. You look at the problems that the English Premier League has right now. The product is watered down. The games that you watch, usually on a weekend, if it's not top six, it's dirge. It's garbage. It's really, really difficult to actually watch it. In England now, you've got three different broadcasters who are fighting for rights. If you want to watch every Premier League game in a season, you now have to look at paying three different subscribers right. for access to those right. games. So now people are actually in England getting a little bit fed up of being asked so much to watch these games. You look at a local market and you look at what that will do for your small teams, your small clubs in your local areas that will feed down from those supporters who get fed up with that glittering, high-profile, glitzy stuff. 
The CPL is real, it's authentic, and it's on your doorstep. So here's something that you can contribute to and you can actually have an impact on. These these players, you can go in there by paying a, you know, a nominal enough fee to go in and support this local game. It's a really, really great national story. And I think it's long overdue. Canada really needed its its own professional league. And I think it's coast to coast. It's no longer... I mean, you, know, you look at Major League Soccer as a prime example. If I live in Winnipeg, I'm supposed to root for Vancouver or Toronto or Montreal. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Of, I mean, I, yes. I'd be proud of their success if they do succeed. I, that's strange. It's right. a, you wouldn't get it in any other sport. Yes. Um, and I, I think that's it's important that you you widen up the opportunity uh, for this country for people to get behind local teams and all of those uh, release videos, the launch videos of crests, identity, DNA, all of those key attributes that we talked about in in relation to other clubs, really really important. And and it, it's a kind of a reminder to these places that there is a soccer history here it's just for so long been buried um and it's it's really really important step uh, and i think that if you look at the irish model you give players the right platform and the right opportunity there will uh, come opportunities to come into john herdman's senior side and impress at that level uh it will take time you know no one's going to just click their fingers and the canadian premier league is one of the top 10 leagues in the world it's going to and it, it'll take time it'll take patience and it'll also take a sustained effort from people not to give up on it that's a massive thing we can all turn around in three years and go mm, i'm not really sure about this mm. anymore you have to stick with it i mean it, it's it's like anything that the the a domestic league is is something that's built over hundred uh, you know hundreds of years you know you you look and and, and that that's the exciting thing you could be at the first starting point of something that you look back on in two hundred years is going from strength to strength in in terms of getting in on on ground zero what an amazing thing to do and in terms for all for all those clubs to be able to tell people I'm a I'm a, I'm a member number one of this club yeah yeah what a yeah. great thing or I'm a member, yeah. member number ten and you can it, it the the biggest thing for CPL and I've talked to the guys in there already about this. Getting kids to go into school on a Monday morning wearing the shirt that are yeah, local. Wearing team. a York nine. Wearing a York because yeah. oh, the, the other thing is that once it, once one kid sees a jersey like that oh, in the yeah. classroom, yep. everyone else will want to know where he got it from and what's it for. And it becomes that shiny new object. And for a while, certainly, the CPL will be the shiny new object. And what we have to do is we have to try and harness that and and, and try and push it and promote it as best we can. Oh, great stuff. Uh, really brilliant here, well here said, today, well uh, said, Owen. Uh, and, and, and Owen Oak. Uh, well, you know what I, did, really you know what I just almost said? Eamon Coughlin. Uh, if you I were Eamon been, Coughlin. I've been likened to many people in my life. <laughs> yeah, Eamon Coughlin is the greatest yeah. thing anyone's yeah. ever oh, said yeah. to me. I'll uh, tell you a story about Winnipeg before we go. Yes, sir. Uh, and in, in terms of how bizarre my name is, I went in to uh, pick up some dry cleaning in Winnipeg, um, the regularly local dry cleaners. And I Likely Pertz? Uh, it was, uh, well, I used to live on Grant <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. it, uh, that's uh, that's yeah. where I was in Winnipeg. And, uh, went right over. by my buddy Russ Hobson. He lives off of Grant. Oh, good old Russ. Yeah, yeah. He used yeah, to amazing. co-anchor Global Sports with Joe Pascucci. Ah, listen. All these glory, yeah. glory yeah. local yeah. celebs, really. That's, that's it, very um, much so. But uh, go hand a ticket to the girl <laughs> behind the desk, and she has that look of absolute panic as she types the number into the database because now my name has flashed up on her computer, yeah. and she has that moment where she thinks, "Should I even try and pronounce this?" Or <laughs> and there's that moment you can see the fear and panic in her face, and I know what's about to happen. And fairness to her, she does go for it. She she's like, you know what? Let's not hold back on this. Let's go for it. And what she does is she just pronounces every individual letter of my name. E-O-N. She just she just says. <laughs> yeah. 
EOIN? And there's the implied question mark at yeah. the end, yeah, as in, right. I know yeah. this yeah. is not right. Yeah. Uh, and then she 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 doubled down on, on it by just saying, oh, collagen for my surname, which I thought was, if you're going to get it wrong, oh, you might as well go all in. Sad. So EOIN or collagen is 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 um, is my Winnipeg alias. Yeah, well, alias. hey, in all fairness, as much as I love all languages, so I'm going, okay, the one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to learn me Gaelic. You know, so uh, I know if you're in the South, you know, you can see signs that are in Gaelic. Uh, yeah. In Dublin, they, it, when you were younger, certainly in the day, they'd have these little uh, these little uh, trips that they would take and they'd stay in the, in the South, and the, you know, and yep. a lot of times. And so they'd learn like a farmhouse and these people would be speaking. So I looked at it. <laughs> the first page. And I look at my relatives and I said, what the fuck is this supposed to be? He goes, that's how it is. Yeah. It's uh, it is just uh, so. The only thing I, I I took with me, and of course that uh, you know, is, is Poke Mahone. I mean, uh, Poke Mahone and it, probably Slaunch is and Slaunch that, that everyone knows. But after yeah. that, even the oh my god! So from Cavan, Cavan and Navin, no matter what the lang- the language is, you would assume there would be somewhat of a rhyme or similarity. And one is like <laughs> and the other one's <laughs> like it's normally, just normally, Jesus. normally how Irish works is that it's 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 normally about what the location looks like. So so Cavan, if if Cavan is like the land of the flat and like that's what the Gaelic would be and Navin would be you know uh, river mountain and, yeah, that would, exactly. and you have the Gaelic translation of that normally anything with uh, Canuck in it or, the, or Quill yeah, like Kilkenny Quill is the Irish for wood so Kill is where that part of the word oh it, it's really because it's like, I think Dublin isn't the the, 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 the bay of the dark ones or uh, something yeah, like Bolly that yeah Bolly Clear and Bolly is town so yeah. if any, if, uh, the, if, <laughs> we're now giving people linguistic it, lessons yes, like, um, this is great uh, but <laughs> in it, for anyone who's been in Ireland and visited Bally something so Bally Garvey or Bally Bunyan Bally is Bolia so Bally means town so that's that's the Gaelic um, look so. at the look the only Irish you really need to know is just watch Mrs. Brown's boys you watch Mrs. Brown's <laughs> please boys don't, please that's don't. the only watch Father Ted instead yeah our Father Ted yeah watch that it was just great having you here today oh, that was just wonderful no, it was a pleasure. Know, we'll have to keep in touch because yeah, that was just uh, great thanks so much for today and if you want to pronounce his name, uh, <laughs> practice yeah, it. For anyone looking for any Gaelic lessons, I am available. <laughs> That's it. I'm not a sideline. Let's become best friends. Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. It's time. Owen O'Callaghan. You can catch his work uh, all over the place, but uh, the Examiner, the Irish Examiner, you can uh, catch it in. But So the podcast is called... Soccer Report Extra. What's the extra? Is it free money? Uh, it, it, we, 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 we wish. <laughs> um, I think Bobby came up with the name, actually, so you can blame him. And you ask him the difficult questions, like, where did the extra come from? <laughs> we, like, we like a bit of mystery, you know. Where did the extra come from? There you go. Yeah. The show of mystery. Ah, the ways of Ireland. Oh, that was just great. Owen O'Callaghan, join us here today. Join us tomorrow, where I'm sure we'll have more. And where's LeBron going to go? Do you think it's Philadelphia? Toronto. It's Toronto. Toronto. No, it's not. You heard it here first. Breaking news. <laughs>